Hi, I'm Corey. And I'm Woody. And I'm Ayn. And this is the ISOCAST. Upe. Hola. Hola. <laughs> Hola. I didn't have a chance to listen to your second show, uh, so I'm sorry. Nobody did. Don't worry about it. But no, I loved I, I loved the first one. You guys are so cute together. You're cute too, Ayn. <laughs> I missed I missed the, the dynamics that you guys have. I like when I listened to the first podcast, I it brought me back to hanging out in your apartment in Hako and just going, Oh, those were good times sitting and watching Cheers while drinking of course. Oh. Oh. oh the marathon. I know. Oh my goodness. And I was just like, it, it was brought, it brought me back to like simpler times when we could leave the house and stuff. So, <laughs> woodcores were good. Woodcores were delicious. It arguably is more complex now, these times. You, you'd think, okay, I can't leave my house. So that's easier, but it's, it's much harder. Yeah, for sure. I would say that um, it's, as an introvert, I think this is great. But on, a whole frontier of things. I'm just kind of interested to see where it's all going, you know, because how many, uh, how long can you contain yourself in a house before you start trying to go postal? I have answers if you're asking. <laughs> I... <laughs> sure. I, I'm using my statement and turning into a question. I am, I am blessed to have a psychotherapist who's continuing my uh, psychoanalysis with me online using Zoom. And is this she, sponsored by Zoom? It's not. Uh, she <laughs> okay. served as an advisor on the on the Canadian board on how to potentially handle a global pandemic. So she's eminently qualified <laughs> for uh, helping people kind of through this because she knows what the government is doing and how they advised it and through which stages we're going to go at different points and how to kind of dole that information out to the public. Uh, for me, it's been fascinating because week by week, I feel like I go into my therapy session and she knows exactly where I'm at without me even having to say it. That's handy. So That's you, really good. you found a mind reader. No, they're just, you know, they're good old fashioned uh, psychoanalyst. <laughs> so <it's kinda laughs> we call that Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're already starting to see, or not already, but we're starting to see the impatience come through with people wanting to get out. And Corey, you said this last week when we did the show about when the weather gets better. And today it's, for Canadian standards, it's quite nice here. And people are out and about and uh, I don't know how to feel about it. Well, you guys are flattening the curve in Costa Rica, it seems. Uh, apparently Costa Rica and Singapore are the two high oh. rated ones and i'm like winning at everything <laughs> and new zealand well okay. you know don't don't i don't think i have a new zealand blonde in me so it doesn't it, it doesn't how much apply, do you think go, is attributable to um you know not having a lot of testing right because i i was yeah. looking i was watching some of the the news about i i follow not to make this the COVID cast, but I follow the hospitalization rate. I think that's the stat that matters. Mm. Um, you know, testing is great when we, we try and reintegrate, but 
for now, it's like, I think that's the indicator to, to watch. And it sounds like Costa Rica, you guys have um, something like 170 ICU beds. <laughs> Don't yeah, ask me that's how it. I know that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and you guys were at 80% capacity pre-pandemic, and yet you yep. still don't have a crisis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was reading that. And so that's why Costa Rica has been like so extreme. Um, they basically said that if you are going to leave the country as a foreigner, you cannot come back until we've deemed it cool. So that's kind of one. And they blocked all travel. And then during Semana Santa, they basically had um, the license plate rotations throughout the whole week. Mm. And then on Saturday and Sunday, like they, it was like, don't leave your house unless it's for food or the pharmacy. So the whole time, it's been very... Um, like I think Costa Ricans are just more aware of their fellow man, you know? Um, and so they're much more, I think they're being really respectful towards what the government is saying. Uh, however, t uh, you still see quite a bit of cars out and about now. So I think they're like celebrating success a little too early. And I would like to, s I think I'm going to predict that in the next two weeks, we're going to see a spike. Like, yeah, we flattened the curve now, but I think by how everybody's back from Semana Santa, beach mm -hmm. isolation or whatever <laughs> they're they're now like running about and doing errands and things and um it's kind of concerning we'll see where where it goes but costa rica definitely cannot take any risks or chances when it comes to this this pandemic well i think woody we talked about it a little bit last week that once the weather turns which it's starting to do here in in canadia people are going right. to want to go out people are going to want to start getting around and that's when i think the the risk comes into play well i mean let's set aside mm -hmm. the the big orange pumpkins comments about how sunlight's going to kill this and go ahead and inject yourself who, with some lysol right. you'll be fine madmen they're all mad <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. but there's got there's got to be a point where it's like um there's there's certainly a a social responsibility that we've undertaken mm -hmm. yeah. here and but there's also a, a, a human element where from a psychological standpoint where do we go i i know people who are over 70 and their buildings are locked down like literally locked down not like we're right. locked down like please stay home because we can't enforce it but we we ask that you do but people who have a security guard in front of their building because they can't leave their complex that's that's an entirely wow. other level and those folks sounds like they're not going to be able to leave for mm -hmm. quite some time and like why the security guard um are they trying to like strong arm or clothes pin the the elderly when they're escaping the do in the doves <laughs> It's an, it's an okay boomer. Look, you got to stay home. <laughs> yeah. You've okay. got to do it. And there's always the, yeah, but I can still just, but it's all right if I only. Yeah. And those are the concerning parts where, you know, my father who's over 70 spent the first few weeks. It's like, well, I'm only going to go to the grocery store three, four times a week instead of the seven days a yeah. week that I went. Mm -hmm. and now he's finally back down to one because... I think the message is being delivered from the, the youths. Yeah. It's definitely we're, amped up, right? We're doing this for you. Please yeah. stay mm -hmm. home. For sure. Right? And it's interesting to see because we were, we did our, today was our weekly grocery shop and we were in the car and driving. And it's interesting just as a, a social study to see who is out and about. And I, you know, the eye test only, but what we saw is over half of the people I would peg as over 60 those are the people that are out and walking around. So it's very interesting to see 
just from a social perspective who is out and who's walking and it's a nice day and nobody was like crowding together but it's the i just argument is a good one because of course if your dad just does that it's fine but if everybody thinks the same way obviously that's when problems can can arise right yeah and when it comes to the grocery store like i haven't actually been in one in over two weeks and i've just been ordering online and getting it delivered so of course you would think that would be an easy setup but they will give me duplicates of things i do not need oh so he gave Mm. me like two packs of cheddar cheese so now i need to figure out what (laughs) how much cheddar cheese can one person eat in isolation and i'm i'm discovering quite a bit so uh (laughs) that's one a lot yeah it's all of it it's all gone uh (laughs) I had somebody put the brakes yeah. on my cheese curds oh. because we, oh man, we have such good cheese curds here in Quebec, as you can imagine. And, uh, you know, the two, three bags a week that I was trying to suck down got a little out of hand because you start running around. It's like when you buy a new hammer and everything's a nail. It's like, what can I put cheese curds on? Yeah, next? that's basically where, where I've come to as well. Um, I did my first uh, my first brewery order yesterday. So it's supposed to come sometime later today. So the a local brewery here is supposed to deliver beer to the house. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's yeah. a godsend mm-hmm. is what that yeah. is. I have um, a whole box filled with liquor that people have given me as they were leaving the country. <laughs> so um, I don't know what to do with triple sec and whiskey. So <laughs> Ooh. Oh, well, you could do some stuff. The first thing you need is a gravity chart. And then, oh, what is a gravity chart? Tell me more. Each each liquor has a uh, a sort of a buoyancy to it, so it means you can layer different shots. Mm-hmm. Right? One of my favorites is an Irish flag. Um, so first, you need that kind of gravity chart to indicate which liquors layer over which, and you pour them into the shot glass over a spoon, and you can make these really beautiful like rainbow shots that are super delicious. Which is fine and all, but it's just me and the cat. <laughs> Right. Well, look up what you Who can am put I trying cheddar, to impress? What cheddar cheese cocktails can you make? I think that's what you want to look at. Yeah, I have a lot of gin here too. I just have a lot of things here that um I'm I'm about oh, I want to say maybe a month away from from plunging into like alcoholism, I think. The Costa Rican diet seems to lend itself well <laughs> okay. to isolation cuz you got your rice you got your beans. <laughs> you got your cilantro. I mean, and it all grows outside. It's, 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 yeah. it's, is it not the perfect diet for yeah, this is, kind of situation? Yeah. How, how are you coping just day to day? I mean, you you don't you live yes. alone, right? Not to be yeah. creepy. Yeah. Um, Hello, straight internet strangers. Just you and your cat. Just let you know. Fe- single female alone <sighs> in her apartment, waiting with bottles of alcohol <laughs> and cheese. <laughs> I'm joking. Please don't come to my house. Um, <laughs> the what am I doing day to day? Like I've just been working a lot, and um, I'm starting a new project. I've uh, taken up uh, Mandarin, so I've been trying mm. to learn how to speak Mandarin um, for 15 minutes a day, and it's not really going well. Um, I'll tell you that because uh, it's like learning how to walk after a car crash because the symbols don't even make sense. And uh, the tones don't even make sense. Like nothing about this language makes sense. And so 
<laughs> that's what I've been doing for um, to keep myself entertained. And of course, lots of reading and podcasts and just trying to create content and um, uh, preparing for when it eventually kind of simmers down because all marketing on my marketing side of uh, side of things have uh, kind of stopped which is fine but i'm working on you know when things do come back and when people do want to hire more for marketing uh what kind of packages and special discounts and offers i can offer them so i'm developing a lot of content that will be slowly released as things become um normalized or when people feel comfortable enough to ramp up their marketing budgets again you find it's hard to to gauge sort of the temperature nationwide because you can't really go out and talk to a lot of yeah. folks because obviously in costa rica tourism being whatever five six percent of your mm -hmm. gdp and that's got to be a crushing yeah. blow yeah yeah i'm really worried because like you know how many people live already um, paycheck to paycheck and so this is just going to push any like everything over so um it's like a tough balance that the government has to make between stimulating and having a thriving economy versus like how many lives can they risk being lost, especially with only having, you know, 150 or whatever uh, ICU beds. So mm -hmm. it's a tough situation for everybody. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know what I imagine crime is going to be um, spiking just because of how desperate some people were already were already and um so yeah i don't know like what the um right answer for that is you sound you sound subdued <laughs> it's all the alcohol <laughs> oh <laughs> that i've injected in, in in replacement of lysol libertarians <laughs> rejoice i guess if now's your time yeah, to shine you, you if you really think it's gonna work <laughs> prove it right yeah there's a are you following there's like i mean what you say there Ayn, is is interesting because there's lots of experiments this, this balance of when when can things quote unquote open or whatever whatever that means there are countries that are experimenting and apparently uh what's happening in taiwan is really is is working uh because their cases have dropped but they're what they're doing is i'm sure lots of americans and and personal liberties would would be against this but they have this app in people's phones now where they track movement and so they haven't quote-unquote locked down they just uh track where everybody is going and then when someone tests positive they're able to inform the public where that person had been and if you were also in that place at this time then you're also advised to stay home and to isolate yourself for two weeks mm -hmm. And their numbers statistically are not high. And maybe there's other underlying things, but it, the countries are starting to experiment with these types of things. I think that's fascinating. I don't know if I would want my phone to you know, track. Well, it, it does it already, really. Well, anyway, Google but, helps. Yeah. Know. How many times so has interesting. Google come up and it's like, you were supposed to leave to work 15 minutes ago. <laughs> do you still want to do that? <laughs> like well, Google and Apple have teamed up to present... Um, sort of an API for contact tracing that they're offering to the governments. And that's going to be the key. You know, the, the hard reality is everyone will necessarily be infected at some point. The entire purpose of this that seems to have gone, gotten kind of lost in the shuffle is managing 
the rate at which people become infected. It's not a, it's not a if, it's mm-hmm. a when. And then when, how we can contact trace people to manage that two-week period. So, you know, when you do get it, that you can safely stay home and that if you've interacted with other people rather than an investigator calling you and asking you where you've been and spending the kind of tedious paperwork of figuring all that out, this gives you sort of that proximity chart that says this person's been here, 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 and here, and here. And then furthermore, us being able to get an alert that says you have been in contact with someone who has tested positive here is the nearest testing center and the process to go and get tested so that if you test positive, then here you can go self-quarantine. Mm-hmm. I think the, the slippery slope becomes, one, when do you get to turn that off? How is the data stored? And then moreover is uh, how is it used to enforce or not enforce people who have to go into self-isolation or quarantine? Yeah. It, it can become 1984 yeah. pretty quickly. Um, and also, I don't know, like, I'm sure there's tests that they can just send you at home so that you don't actually go have to go out and get tested, right, at a facility. Um, is that fiction or is that a thing? No, I th- I th- well, I don't, I don't know. But one thing that we're working hard on in Canada is trying to detect the the antibody in your system to yeah. indicate whether or not you've already received it and then consider whether right. or not it's possible to be reinfected within a, a short period of time, right? You This is a thing that you can get reinfected with, but how long until your antibodies no longer function? So I think that's the short test. That's mm-hmm. the pinprick. Oh, you have the antibodies that demonstrate that you've had this before. So you're kind of clean. You're clear to go right? Until you come into contact with somebody else and then maybe a test might be mm-hmm. necessary. We can't, we can't test seven, eight billion people. It's just mm-hmm. not doable. I think that's the thing that some people may, may be forgetting or is getting lost in this shuffle as well is this is new for everybody. So when people are some, you know, skeptics are saying, well, they should do this and they should have this and they, well, nothing was ready for this. No one knew before a few months ago that this was happening. So Everything's kind of just being made up or, you know, as a step-by-step, day-by-day basis. So mm-hmm. those things are in production. But, yeah, it takes time to get those things ready. Yeah. And um, a lot of people are, are are working from home, too. And that's an interesting piece that I would like to see. Maybe we're going through another, like, um, industrial revolution when it comes to mm. the stay-at-home piece. Because I think people are finally realizing like, oh, I don't actually have to spend two hours of my day on a commute anymore and I can still be as effective as before. So I'd be quite interested to see that even when, let's say, we find the vaccine or have the cure, will how many, will we go back to January of 2020 where everybody was just free of movement? Mm-hmm. Or would we see a that. completely different shift where that that what what of what we saw when um uh the industrial revolution happened so i i think people are going to be kind of happy um to be at home and working and being able to have lunch and connect with their families um on a uh, on a completely different level i'm sure companies are realizing that too i yeah. think companies who never thought that they could could function in a remote environment and maybe they won't shift Back, you know, stay completely remote. But I'm sure there's tons of companies who are saying, "Why am I paying whatever it is, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars a month in rent? Yeah, exactly. For a, a location where maybe my bottom line isn't, or my my 
effectiveness isn't really hit that that much where I can do a lot of more remote work. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I tend to think you're right. Especially with like the kind of the top 500, you know, Fortune 500 companies, they've been struggling to retain talent or get talent. But if they can open their like borders per se, they can get talent in all parts of not not within the United States, but they don't have to kind of try and coax, uh, like uh, get somebody to come to the state to work there when they have an established family base in Nebraska or wherever they might be living. So that's going to make this, I think it's, we're going to see a more globalized, connected world um, and a productive world too, on top of that, that um, just runs a little bit better and, um, and uh, through, through a little bit of trial and error, error through remote work. Appreciating that what we're referring to though is knowledge workers. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's a ton of stuff that we do that is not, you know, sitting down and entering stuff into a computer yeah. or talking to each other. So I think there's a, there's a huge segment that will unfortunately be restructured yeah. as demand changes. I mean, look, the global economy has collapsed. It's not a matter of, boy, I wonder what it's going to look like on the other side of this little bit of debt that we've taken on. The world now necessarily is going to be yeah. restructured. And that's going to take about five years, in my opinion, and, and some other opinions. And I think that at the end of that five-year restructuring, I'm hoping that this gives us a chance to reprioritize what we do and what we do it for, right? So Costa Rica, I think, is a good example because they you know, made the commitment those many years ago toward education and healthcare and human mm -hmm. rights. And Canada, you know, similarly has gone down that path and other countries maybe not so much. And I think that now the world has to restructure and reconsider what's the priority. Mm -hmm. And if, if health and education and wellness are that, then also the economic restructuring moves people towards more knowledge work and more service-based work as opposed to, you know, manual labor. Like somebody's got to, hey, somebody's got to cut the banana down for me. Mm -hmm. That's just a fact. Um, but the, the 17 people sitting in an office, uh, making sure that the banana gets to me a certain way and in a certain condition at a certain price, maybe don't necessarily need to be 17 people. And they don't also necessarily need to be in another building, consuming energy, um, spending money on, on a car to, to burn fossil fuels, to go to work. You know, there's a chance the planet's going to go, dude, this is great. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and also, you know, keep in mind when the internet happened, businesses went out of business within, you know, a five, 10 period of time, like video stores were probably not as relevant, um, when right. the internet happened. So we're going to see businesses that we've always thought to be tried and true going out of business, um, or not being, uh, able to adapt i think this is the reason why it's so shocking now is because the internet occurred or the disruption of the internet occurred over like a 10-year period whereas with the pandemic we're seeing um, um a shift within weeks you know uh, within days so of course naturally people are going to be like what is happening but as things um slowly get back to um a routine i guess i think we'll see in the next five years like you said corey um businesses really kind of having had to like have a sink or swim sort of mentality um and it will be either going out of business or thriving and um, completely restructuring their their business models right now i'm curious to see and, and there's some some stuff that's been floating around now but i don't know if it's can, it can be confirmed and we'll have to see as you say Corey, over the next two three maybe five years but the 
the climate change impact of whatever this transition will be? Because there's some, I don't want to say evidence, but there's some studies that have started with obviously a significant reduction in the pollution and effects that have been happening over the last two or three months, just because nobody's driving around and everything's shut down and factories aren't working and all these types of things. If we do transition to a new world of working from home and, and maybe cars are not as valuable and and these big ap- factories that produce lots of, generally speaking, pollution don't operate at the same capacity. I don't know if you subscribe to the, the universe idea, but maybe this is the earth giving, uh, fixing it, giving its own solution for the climate change crisis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Without wiping the, the scum of humanity off. It's yes. our Noah's Ark. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind Could of. Be. Yeah. Noah's pandemic. Yeah. I'm optimistic, but I'm I'm aware that I'm in a fortunate position where I can afford yes, the optimism. Yes. Right, right. A lot of people yeah. simply can't. So that's, it's. I I read a great article um, recently. I think in the Atlantic, um, compiled by a few psychologists that said it's not okay to feel good about how this yeah. is going. You know, those that are sure silver lining. We're always looking for ways that this is going to change yeah. things, and we try and make the best of a situation. But remembering that what we're trying to do is make the best of it, not look at this like this is a good mm-hmm. thing. Because for a lot of people, this is a really horrible yeah. Thing. A lot of people are scared too because, um, like for example, bartenders and chefs and all these people who have been um, um, kind of taken out of the workforce, they're actually coming up with really creative ways. For example, a bartender is uh, hosting online classes on how to make your own drinks at home and and things like that. So there, it's interesting um, that it's not all it, – it, it's yeah, you're right. It's it's You have to be very compassionate and careful of what you are saying when you are working from home or you can even uh, earn a living or, like uh, virtually. Um, and But there's also kind of like a lot of silver lining, like you said, where there's people who have physical jobs and they, they're out of work, but they, you know, the, the power of the creative mind and innovation, they're using the skill sets that they have and translating that into a virtual setting. And seeing that mm-hmm. kind of occur is also, you know, it's really amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the highlights I wanted yeah. like to point out. My my partner and I had that very conversation just yesterday and how everything is going and just kind of checking in, but also like just acknowledging that the, both of us are in all things considered the absolute, you know, best scenario because yeah. both of us are still working. We're both having income and we don't need to go outside and, you know, we're healthy. Our families are healthy. So yeah, there's some anxiety just because of what's going on, but we are in that 1%, all, all things like best case scenario. So knowing that there's, everybody else or there's lots of people who are not in that scenario and and we can't imagine you know what that would be like yeah none of us have a litter of kids also either that we're trying to work around work with educate you know there's there's so much depth to this that uh, we don't experience but we certainly seem to appreciate and i get a sense of it when i do my classes online because there's you know there's some students who don't show up and these kind of things and when they do show up and they're their camera's always off and their mic is always off. And then, you know, the teacher and you, the first instinct is, so they don't want to participate. But then the, the, the realization or the, the, the reality of the situation kicks in. Cause when they do unmute their mic, you hear like six or seven kids screaming in the background and there's, you know, that, you know, they have whole families going on. So 
there are many depths to this that a lot of us don't consider and empathy has yeah. never been more important. Yeah. And also I think this is an excellent time to like give back and find um, opportunities in your backyard on how you can help and make a difference. Um, because, you know, you, you can't save the world, but if you can help one person or, um, you know, somebody that you know who might be struggling and, um, I think that can also help a lot with, um, with, with what we're, we're dealing with, you know. Have you seen anything in Costa Rica pop up like new, like what you're talking about, new foundations or a new GoFundMe's or mm, something? I haven't something Tico? Uh, been too hyper focused on the news, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been trying to focus on okay. being proactive and what I what I can do. But because, um, you know, sometimes the news is great to keep and in, be informed, but then there's a lot of things that's like out of your control and to keep like a sane mind there's only so much i can take before i'm like all right this is, this is not this is stressing me out you know i've i've reduced my news consumption considerably again we we've done the gather around the cbc at nine <laughs> and, and watch the national but even uh, then yeah. it's the news is is pretty redundant yeah. at this stage and i mm -hmm. i've heard um and i, I kind of subscribe to this idea that whatever you really 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 need to know you will find out <laughs> Like you, yes. you don't have to worry about staying yeah. on top of things. And, and my therapist uh, is always about what can you control right now? Exactly. What, what can you do for yourself and what can you do for others? You know, so we're doing some food drop off, um, donating to the local food banks is a big help, yeah. you know? So there's a couple ways that even in isolation, yeah. we can make a difference. Yeah. I've, I've been mm -hmm. donating as well. So make masks, start sewing. I yeah. don't like I I at one point when I was like 12 or 13 I did like the DIY thing and made my own clothes. I don't mm. know how to sew. <laughs> well, there's some great YouTube videos. Walking around the street with like half ripped energy. Well, <laughs> you right. can learn to sew in Mandarin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Isocast. I'm Corey and I'm Woody and I'm Ein. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs>